Hello and welcome back to the Trick Play Podcast. I'm Simon Chaskovsky here with Caleb Peterson and shortly we will be breaking down all the sports related news, rumors and drama that you will want to hear about. This week we will finally be talking about the NFL's annual top 100 player rankings and everything they got so, so very wrong. Then we'll take a peek at some very, very early Stanley Cup odds and depending on if we have time we might just hit the NBA and MLB as well. So make sure to stick around, grab some snacks, get cozy, because knowing how controversial these top 100 lists generally get, we're probably going to be here for a while. Caleb, are you ready to get into it? Absolutely. So released uh, about a week ago or so as of today, uh, we have the annual NFL top 100 list. So this is a big off-season story every year, Um, definitive ranking of the players by the players, So if there's any sort of list you'd want to pay attention to, it would be this one, um, just because theoretically the players would know best. They're the ones who go up against these guys every Sunday. Um, But there is always some controversial opinions that tend to go against the grain of what fans and media assume to be true when grading players. So we'll work our way through this list. We're going to be doing it. We're not going to go through every player individually, Um, because that would be insane and turn this probably 40-minute segment into a four-hour segment. Um, But we will go through groups of 10 at a time. So we'll start at the bottom and kind of work our way up. Uh, We'll go players 91 to 100. Is there anything that jumps out to you there, Simon? Um, not really. I feel like, uh... There's a couple names that kind of stick out to me just because they're the bigger names. You expect them to be a little higher. Like, part of me thinks Delvin Cook should be higher, but maybe I'm wrong on that one. I'm personally not too sure. I I also don't know if I like Devontae Smith at 100. I feel like he should be a little higher. But other than that, it's nothing too controversial. Like, uh, Trevor Lawrence obviously had a really good second half of the year, so maybe you could make the argument that he should be a little higher as well. Pretty much all these guys, the only thing that I could possibly say about them is that a couple of them maybe should be higher. I don't really... There's nothing that bad in these ones. This is probably the least... Con- 90 to 100 is going to be the least controversial one area, in my opinion. Yeah, I would generally say so, too. There are, like, a few surprises in here. The biggest one for me is Jamal Williams at 95. That feels very high. Um, he had a really That's good fair. season last year. He played really well. Um but he still isn't like a feature back like the guy who's ranked four spots ahead of him. When you think of Dalvin Cook, you're thinking of a player who leads an offense and number one back. And Jamal Williams, even though he played really well that last year, um, I don't know if I'm quite viewing him as that. So it's interesting that he got that high of a rating, and I'm wondering how much of that, just because it is the player's ranking, like, he's a very likable guy, I wonder how much that played into it, because I don't know if the skill is quite there, but who knows, maybe it's um, something we're not quite seeing. Yeah, I definitely see what you mean, and in my head, I actually thought Delvin Cook had, like, a way more down season. I'm gonna, you might have to give me a second to pull up Jamal Williams' stats, because I'm not too sure on that one, but I did pull up Delvin Cook's. He's still at 1,173 yards, 8 touchdowns, 4.4 average. Not bad. That's a pretty solid season. Like, I, what I was going to try and do, I'm trying to scan through this quickly and find who the next running back up is in this list. I, I think, think it's, it's Aaron, think Jones, it's Aaron Jones, Jones, but I might be wrong. Yeah, I'm curious because I want to quickly compare those two, and I want to see if there's how big of a di- jump there is in stats there because I don't know. I feel like Dalvin Cook is low. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What are we Yeah, at? that's... Okay, th well... 1,121 yards, 5.3 average, so that is better. I think he, better yards, too. No, worse yards. And two touchdowns. Aaron Did he Jones have more, like, receiving? Touchdowns. He only had two touchdowns, which makes sense when you kind of think about the fact that he was sharing the backfield with A.J. Dillon. Yeah. But... Did, I, he, did he have receiving touchdowns or he anything like that? He had five. He had five, I believe. Okay. So, one less overall touchdown. Well, depending on how many receiving touchdowns uh, Dalvin Cook had. But, you know what I mean. We can dive into that all we want. We probably wouldn't get anywhere. I just, I mean, that's, what is that? Aaron Jones is 64. Dalvin Cook is 91. That's a bit absurd. Yeah. I feel like Dalvin Cook could easily fit, like, around where Aaron Jones is, if not higher. I'd argue that he had a better season. I think it's just the fact that um, Delvin Cook is a free agent right now, so maybe that had some sort of factor in it. And you could probably say the same thing about DeAndre Hopkins' spot. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with you. Jamal Williams is a little high. I still have Yeah, although looking at his that. stats, I, I can convince myself of it a little bit more. Of him being in that same conversation. What did he have? Do you know how many touchdowns he had? I forgot how many he had. It's kind of insane. So put into Okay, well, I just looked it up. I just looked oh. it up, but yeah, 17. <laughs> yeah, 17. That's pretty... That's a lot. That is insane. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's a league, league leading. Um, again, I don't know how many of those were one-yard brushes and how much... Because touchdowns yeah. can be a pretty fickle stat. Also, looking that he was only the starter for nine games... Can you put a guy who's only a starter for half the season in the top 100 players? I don't really know. I think about you that. can when he has 17 touchdowns. You can, but like Seven, how, that's how a much, lot of touchdowns. How many? How many of those touchdowns were just kind of gutting it out on the one yard line? And how much does that really take? Fair. He had. He had yeah, it was a I feel like season. The better, the better way to frame it, I think, is what running back that is that's missing from this list. Would you replace Jamal Williams mm. with? That's a good question. Because I feel like that makes it that makes it a bit more interesting. Because I mean, I'll I'll quickly find the running backs above him. So it's Jamal Williams, ninety five, Delvin Cook, ninety one, then it is Aaron Jones at sixty four, Tony Pollard at fifty five. Ooh. Um Yeah, we can we can get there when we get there. Christian McCaffrey at thirty five. Saquon at thirty one, and then we're gonna start to just get into the, all the names you'd already know. Oh, actually, never mind. There's only two more. Derrick Henry at 25 and Josh Jacobs at 12. So those are all the running backs on the list. I think. Okay. Unless I missed one. But, like, they're – I don't, like like – I, I know, like, the, the Seahawks fan in me wants to say, like uh, – Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, because I feel like he had a really solid rookie season, but yeah. – eh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't, don't know. know I'm he, thinking – I'm kind of – I'm kind of leaning towards like I'm not I'm not angry about Jamal Williams getting in. Again, he's like he's a great guy and I think he had a, he had an amazing season last year. I just don't know how justified it is. Um maybe not even putting it in terms of running backs who got left out, but just players who got left out. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf did not make this list. And that's kind of where Well, I'm what like, Uh I don't really what know. What were their stats like? They're still Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Like that's where you can't let Tyler Lockett at a thousand, a thousand and thirty-three yards, nine touchdowns. How can you? Why, I'll look up Metcalf if you want to look up uh, McLaren because I know he's the last run, wide receiver. I think 
and we can compare that. McLaurin might also be a little bit low. He had almost a thousand two hundred yards with five touchdowns. Yeah. So well, the thing was, DK only had six touchdowns. Six. DK had a lower touchdown. His lowest since his rookie year. Mm, yeah. So I I think uh, lower than his rookie year actually. Yeah. And uh, his yards were a slight improvement from the year before, but not much. So I mean, I I kind of understand him getting. Yeah. Not quite making for me. It. It's I, I can for, for me. It's I think the fact that both are off the list, it just feels a little bit suspect when someone like Jamal Williams is getting on because Lockett. I and think DK it's just a difference really in position, do. though. Yeah, like uh, there are a lot more talented wide receivers in the league than there are running backs, which is a conversation we had in our running back uh, market uh, segment. I think that's just. Although I know D Hop had a down season as well. Yeah, so, I don't. Well, I, what? Even him getting in above. Although he he was out for a couple of weeks with a suspension, wasn't he? I believe he was. Or was that he only played? Yeah. He only so played. He 10 played games. nine games. He still had pretty good stats in those nine games, but um, <coughs> yeah, yeah. seven hundred yards, the, nine the, games—that's pretty impressive. The point you the point you do make about there being more talented wide receivers that shouldn't stop someone like DK getting in over someone like Jamal Williams because it's not like there's a certain quota they have to fill if. The receiver, there are receivers who contribute more to their team um, than running backs overall. There should be more receivers, and you can leave running backs off the list. Like, I'm thinking of a, That's a, of a Lions team without Jamal Williams. How much worse would they be versus a Seahawks team without Tyler well, Lockett? The way you're, you're, you were already mentioning how you kind of like are devalu- devaluing touchdowns with that, but I feel like you have to involve that in the conversation. If you take. And I'm, by the way, I'm not making the argument that Jamal Williams is actually a better player than Metcalf. I will not make that argument here. But um, you're taking 17 touchdowns off the season for the Lions when you take Williams out. You're taking six off for the Seahawks. Right? Yeah, but I think that, and then think the yards are about different. even. It's, I think that is that's different. that's the. I know it is different. I know it is different. But I just feel like I feel like the more I think about it, the more I feel like you can Jamal Williams can keep his spot. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm looking at all of the. I, I have a highlight pack open of all 17 Jamal Williams rushing touchdowns. This one is from the one. <laughs> this next one is from the one. This next one is from the one. Um, this next Oof. one is from the one. This one is a longer run. This is a oh against the Seahawks. Fittingly enough, 50 yard run against the Seahawks. That one's from the five. Like this one's from the one. This one's from the one. Uh, that one's from the four. A lot of these are just, like, punching it in in the red zone. And, like, sure. respect to sure. him for getting it done. As a Seahawks fan, I, uh, more yeah. than anybody, knows that uh, scoring from the one-yard line isn't a guarantee. However, I don't think that alone, even when it is such <laughs> a, as an insane number of 17, should put him above other players who are overall contributing more to the team because I don't think you can just look sure. at touchdowns because if you say oh but if you take Jamal Williams off the lines you take away 17 touchdowns that not that's not necessarily true maybe you even sub in Jared Goff to run a QB sneak and he could do the same thing like um, mm, you can yeah, find you can find other ways to get those points I just don't think he's as valuable to the Lions as a Lockett or a Metcalf or a sure other, I I don't have a list of like snubs off the top of my head as a Seahawks fan. Those are my most but, obvious. But the thing is, this isn't a list of most valuable players. This is a list of 
best players from last season going into this season, right? That's that's the difference with that. Because if it was most valuable players, I totally Metcalf would probably be a lot. He, he would crack the 100, and he would be a lot above it because he yet still has a lot of potential that he can fill, right? I think, uh, I don't know. I, I think just if we're talking only looking at the last season, which I think based on a lot of the rankings on here is definitely the case. We're only looking at last season. I think I, I wouldn't snub Jabal Williams. It's hard to snub a guy who had 17 touchdowns, even if all of them were from the one. It's still 17 touchdowns. That's a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. I Again, I, I get I it. feel like we could we could we could argue we could, we could argue about this for we, we, we should can. probably we should probably get into eight. We can move on. Yeah, I'll just, we should probably yeah. get into eight. Okay. I'll I'll just say Is there again, any is there oh okay, go ahead. I'll I'll just say that to to end this con to end that this conversation and kind of like transition this into the next one, I think it is an interesting point to say what the difference between most valuable to their team is and overall best like that's an interesting distinction to make because it is talking about overall best but how but i feel like if a player is more valuable to their team and plays a more valuable role and overall does more i feel like that generally makes them better which is why i do think you have to take position a little bit into account it's such a tough because football is like you can't it's hard to compare a safety if you're if you're gonna do that though wouldn't like if you're doing that wouldn't you like the entire top 20 probably just be quarterbacks that's true and that's why like i do think the this list is flawed like because that's why it's such a tough argument yeah Yeah. because Uh, i I, you can't bring you can't bring value into it you just have to look at it from the perspective of like your ranking because there's no way to like really show the value of a sack or an interception versus a touchdown yards or whatever breakups there's there's no metric to that right so you are basically putting skill into you're putting overall value of one season of all of these players and just throwing it out there and just seeing what you can get and with that in mind i i was mentioning this to you before i actually don't think they did that bad of a job but there are definitely a couple in here there it's like no it's it's definitely not awful and i do think that like you bring up good points and i do think that's where this list is flawed just in concept because i don't know how you compare like i was saying like a safety to an offensive tackle like they do very different things it's very difficult to judge those two and like in terms of value yeah well the thing is there one thing that i have been hearing is i know there are some people who are mad about the lack of offensive linemen on this list and i definitely kind of agree with that just kind of scanning through it it feels like there should be more mm-hmm. because there are definitely a lot more quality offensive linemen than i feel like there's only like when i was counting through it i thought i got like maybe six or seven are you telling me there's only six or seven linemen in the league who are in the top 100 that feels really weird it's really tough to justify just because yeah like the highest rated offensive lineman is 14 in Trent Williams, but um, oh, after that, it's a pretty barren spot because you have to go to 37 yeah. with Jason well, to find the next one. And, and then the one that I really want to point out, actually, you know what? We'll get there when we get there. Yeah, we should, we'll, we should we'll, stick we'll, to where we'll, we're at. We're, we'll move on. There, um, is one, there is one that does piss me off a lot, but we'll move on to 80. There's a whole new 10 names. Is there any of them that stick out to you, piss you off? Make you happy, whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't really... Like, I'm not too upset about any of these. Um, Justin Fields, um, it's nice to see him crack the top 100. Um, I think he's pretty well situated where he's at. Um, 
he's not a world breaker yet, but I do think, like I talked about before, he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. So it's nice to see him get that recognition. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, cool to see him make it in his first year. Um, Tua is rated a little bit high, but I'm not going to be too upset. I'm, I am a Tua appreciator. So um, 82, maybe a little high, maybe would have had him maybe out of the top 100, maybe in the last 10, but that's fine where he is. Um, other than that, I'm not, and I'm not too upset about any of these picks. They're all pretty, um, chalky, I feel like. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. I think, uh, I was pretty much going to touch on the same things. I think Justin Fields is pretty good spot for him. I, I don't know. I'm okay with two at 82. You said that you think it's a little high. I, I don't know where else I'd move him because I would say that Tua is probably right now. I mean, he... Okay, I'm just going to keep on looking up stats if we let me do this. But I, what's Tua look like compared to, like, Trevor Lawrence? Because uh, I think that's an interesting conversation to have. Because he had 25 touchdowns, 8 picks. Trevor Lawrence had... Or with 3,500 yards. 25 Trevor touchdowns, Lawrence, 8 picks. Yeah, that's that's Tua. Or, oh, same thing. Is it oh, literally the same? God. Wow. Tua had a way better rating. That's the one thing that sticks out to me when I look at it. Tua's completion. Lawrence had higher. Lawrence had about 500 more yards, though, though. Well, Trevor Lawrence also had a really good completion. What brought down his rating? Is it... It's not interceptions. Was it, like, sacks? Shouldn't be. Just... Yeah, I don't feel like it would affect it that He much. has more yards. Um, yeah, I don't really know. QB rating is such a thickle stat. It is, but <coughs> there are still things that go into it. Like a ten like a ten point difference, that's especially when their stats are so similar. Yeah. That's not right. Like yeah. I actually want to dig into that a little. I want to figure out what that why that is. Yeah, that's so he it's, had it's curious. He got sacked twenty seven times. I'm actually diving into this. Give me a second. Because that's the one thing that's in my head makes sense past one second where are stat sacks i don't even know if that goes into qb rating now that i think about it no pretty much the same 21 what did i say for trevor lawrence 27 that's probably not enough to do that big of a difference that doesn't make any sense to me i guess by that logic trevor lawrence should be higher if i if you want to make the argument that uh two is 82 but uh yeah, I, I mean, that, I and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad about moving Trevor Lawrence up either. I, I like where Tua is. I, I like him in that. Yeah, I, I'm convincing myself right. a little bit more just because, um, the other thing, it is a little bit obviously football's a team game, but yeah, looking at stats overall, the Dolphins with Tua went eight and five, and without went one and three. Yeah. That feels well, like I it's think, a pretty uh, decent and you can't, size. and I don't think you can make the argument that Tua got carried either. Like even if he had one of the best receivers in the league in Tyreek Hill, he had a very, very good squad all around him. I don't think that's why he was winning, and I mean that's what you were just saying. But I, I just think that uh, I don't know. I you said that you like to give uh, you're a Tua appreciator. I can definitely say the same. I do really like Tua, and uh, <clears throat> he's one of those guys where like every single season he gets a little better. You yes. know what I mean? I think that he could. I think he could. We could see a move up this list this season. 
I do. Uh, but there are also, you could say the same thing about Lawrence. You could say the same thing about Fields. You could say the same thing about a couple of guys above him. Like, there's a, so there's a lot of young guys. That's the one nice thing. There's a, we, there's a really good influx of young quarterbacks, players all across the league who have a chance to move up this list, which is just great to see. I think that's, we're, we're going into a season that's going to be really fun this year, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if you are. I'm ready to move into the 70s if you want to. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, I know there is. Yeah, seventies. There are a couple in here. One really big one that sticks out to me. I don't know if you want to start with that or if you want to start with something of your own. It's up to you. Okay. So I'm looking at this, and I have a few. Um, First of all, pair of Seahawks. Um, Obviously, I'll I'll get those out of the way first. (laughs) Geno's ranking in a vacuum is not bad. I am glad that he's getting. And just to be clear, Gino Gino is a seventy-seven. Gino so is seventy-seven, and that is yeah. in a vacuum. That is not bad. I will hold my tongue on why I say in a vacuum <laughs> until we get to the sixties. Yeah. Um, Tariq Woolen. Yep. Well, I will say. I don't know if you want to talk about that no. now, but I feel like I can hold my tongue. No, there's a there's another name that I want to talk about as well in the seventies, but we can. Yeah, I have. Multiple. Well, I'll I'll bring it I'll bring it back to it. I'll bring it back to it. You go ahead. So, I am over like Tariq Woolen at seventy six. Honestly, that is a that's a really good ranking for him. I do think this amount of separation. There's one reason that I really don't like that. Are, are you going to bring up Sauce Gardner? Yes, I am going to bring up Sauce Gardner. Yeah, Sauce okay. Because that's, that's pissed me off all offseason. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like Sauce Gardner is very good. Do not get me wrong. Sauce Gardner is awesome. But if you but when you at, actually look at the stats, yeah, it's, it's film, really it's, close. It's Yeah, it, it shouldn't be as much of a discrepancy between the two. Because whereas, yeah. again, the argument is whereas Sauce is... Um, Essentially, there's the argument to be made that Sauce is playing a little bit aggressively and should maybe get a little bit more pass interference calls than he does. He also doesn't make plays on the ball like Tariq can. He can't... Um, like, uh, with Tariq, I just think against of the play against the Lions, where he, he... There's some receivers that can make themselves open. Tariq is the only cornerback that I think I've ever seen where he can make receivers not open like a receiver will be open when they <laughs> throw it and just because of how fast he is like yeah, watch that Lions play that is not a bad throw. he's a big guy too yeah that's not he's a, a big bad guy throw too from Jared Goff on that play it's just a um Tariq Woolen is too good and he erases separation um and to be honest with you I feel like uh I don't know I don't think Sauce Gardner should be the number one corner in the league. No. I don't know if that's controversial. I I I, uh, so I, w- I feel like I feel like I'm cuz I don't I know this isn't the argument you're making. I definitely would not move uh uh crap. All of a sudden I'm blanking on names. Tariq Woolen up the all the way up the list to where Sauce oh, is. No. I feel like I'd like have them meet somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just think that like I think Sauce is too high. I think Tariq is too low. I think that's just the end. That's yeah. it. That's the end of the story. I think they should be like right smack right next to each other just with how close their stats were. Yeah. I think Tariq had more interceptions and Sauce had more of something else. I, I don't remember. It's yeah. been a long time since I've like Yeah, that's what it was. I like uh like it, it was just like it's a coin flip. It depends on what you value more in a corner, right? Like it's also a difference in system because obviously the Seahawks play a lot more zone and stuff like that. Like it's a difference of uh of situation and a whole lot of stuff like that. I mean I, it's just such a big gap for really 
two two corners that should be a lot closer. Yeah, and like the players I'm seeing above, I'm honestly not mad. Like the fact that Tariq Willen is getting ahead of established veterans like Marshawn Lattimore and Mar- and um, Marlon Humphrey, like that's impressive um, and great for his first year. Um, but Sauce should not be number one above guys like Jared Alexander and Patrick Sertan. That's kind of the the, yeah. the point I'm making. Um, I agree with you. I think they. I wouldn't even be mad. He could like, be I, at the end of this season. He very yeah. well could be. Oh, I think so. But too. Um, I, 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 I also think that Tariq is going to rise the, up that list as well. I think it's going to be a with Witherspoon. That's a, again. We're just going back to the. What do you say? With Witherspoon there, I think Tariq's going to look even better next year. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely agree with you. I think that we're going to see. I I think that they're kind of preparing, at the, at least with Sauce, for him to have a ridiculous season. Like they're kind of they're not, and that's kind of the bias that I don't like. I don't like that because it's all they're not with Sauce. They're not necessarily putting him there because of what he did last season. They're and, and sure he had an incredible season as well. That's not I'm not trying to devalue that at all. I'm just trying to say that I feel like they p- are putting him more there with the expectation that he'll pass Jer Alexander. Which, yeah. whether he will or not, that shouldn't be why he's there. He should be there because he had a better season than Jerry Alexander and is a better player, which you would have a very hard time convincing me of. Yeah, he had an amazing rookie season, but is it really the kind of season where you're saying he's better than people who have been the established top cornerbacks in the league for multiple years? He had two, he had two interceptions. He had only yeah. two interceptions. I don't know if that's good enough to get it's... the job done. Interceptions can, yeah. again, be one of those fickle stats like touchdowns. It's fair to make that argument where it's a lot about opportunity. Like, I'm thinking of the Tariq... Well, and that's, that's again, Brady. going back to what I said about... the. I think that... I think we've just seen the last couple of years that, like, corners who are constantly put into more, like, zone coverage, I feel like they just have a better chance of picking off interceptions at least that's that's been something that i've kind of noticed with because we saw that with the cowboys and we saw that with uh digs yeah in uh i think that was the year before where they used him in a lot of zone and he was able to take advantage of it and i feel like maybe that could have been a factor with woolen and maybe he wouldn't have done as well in a more man defense system but i feel like at that point you're just like you're just you're just poking right like you're, who knows if that's even a factor at that point right yeah. who maybe sauce would have had more picks in the seahawks system if you swapped them yeah. Who knows, right? Yeah. Like, I I think I think uh, with that kind of thing, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like if they were much closer, I would have zero issue with, even if you still put sauce above Woolen, I wouldn't have an issue with it. I just feel like the gap there is ridiculous. I agree. It's too much. If putting sauce above Woolen is not my issue. It's the amount of difference that they're saying. Because there's yeah. not... It should be like, they should be in the same tent. Yeah, I think they should too. I, I'd say that. Right. I I think that if I were to throw him anywhere, looking at the other corners on this list, I would probably throw him in the forties, maybe thirties. No, I'd throw put, him in the forties. I would put them. I'd put them both in the like fifties. Honestly, I'd say above Diggs yeah. and Slay, but below Sertan, Ramsey, and Alexander. Oh, okay. That oh be, wait, where is Ramsey? Ranking. Ramsey's thirty-six. I lost Ramsey. Ramsey. Okay. 36. Yeah. No. I. I, I did see Sertain. I was thinking I'd maybe slide him like... Sertain is a better player than... <laughs> I... Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I okay. Agree. That's... that's Okay. I I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's not that... F- they're not far off, though. Mm, 
Yeah. Like, I feel like I'd slide him. I, that, like, what I mean when I say 40s is I'd slide him around. I saw Sertan, and I was like, okay, that's a good benchmark. I'd throw them around there. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Like, that's what I was thinking in my head. But we can... I think we should move on. Because there's a lot of things in here that we could probably spend 10 minutes each talking about. We've already spent 30 minutes. We're still in the 70s. Yeah. So we should probably... Move on. We should probably speed I'll up. Give, one thing two, that... Two. One thing I did really, really want to hit, though, while we're still in the 70s, Lamar Jackson at 72 yes, is the was, dumbest thing I've ever seen in yes, my life. that's terrible. I was wait. I, that's what I wanted to start off with. Because I feel like you can make all the arguments... Obviously, we're going to go into 60s of which quarterback is at 66 and why that is the stupidest thing ever. But the fact that you're putting Lamar at 72 when you look at who's above him and how far above them, holy crap. Yeah. Who did that? Who who seriously thought to themselves that, okay, you know what, spoiler, I'm just going to throw it out there. Who seriously thought to themselves that I would rather have Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins than Lamar Jackson? Like, I I, I don't even think Lamar had that bad of a season, did he? Um, I the, thought he had a pretty one, decent season. The one issue with, and I think this is the reason why, the one issue with Lamar's season was that he was injured for a decent chunk of it. He did not play the entire That's fair. season. But he, how how much of the season did he play? Before I say he something played, stupid. He, he played, played 12, 12 games. games. Yeah, 8 and 4. 17 touchdowns, 7 picks, 2,200 yards. What was his rushing like? 700, 764 yards in 12 games. It's not bad. That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. That, although that's the same, he, he also only played 12 games in 2021. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a... It, 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 it's maybe it's, I'm maybe I'm putting my maybe I'm putting my foot in my mouth then by it's it's a stupid being so mad about it but it is yeah, a I don't know. ludicrously stupid ranking if you take it out of the context that it is only this year um, I still wouldn't with that being said I do still think it's stupid and I completely agree with you I do think the placement of Jared Goff on this list we'll move into the 60s with this because um, this yeah we should yeah that's a really, good that's a really good my, it's really my only gripe with the 60s. Um, Bobby Wagner, as much as I love him, it's a little high. Devo Samuel is That's too high. Yeah. Aaron Jones is too high. Um, oh. I'm on, I'm on how good? Was, how good did Debo Sam Debo Samuel do? He last had a year? down year. He had a down year. He was did not he? not quite. Oh as good right, as I had him in before. fantasy. I knew that. <laughs> he is not quite as good as he was before, and frankly, I think he was overrated yeah. before. Maybe that's just my Seahawks fan talking. But mm. for time, I'll no. Start. He definitely. I don't think he was overrated. I think. I think that might be Seahawks talking. I think he was pretty good at one point. But, I don't know. I don't know. With yeah. the amount of Niners fans I see lapping him up as one of the best receivers in the league, I don't quite think that's true. Um, I think. What Shan do you think I, think, of, uh, I think Shanahan's system gives him a lot more. If he played anywhere else, I don't think he would be quite as good. Sure. As he is. Yeah. No. I that's think that's, a more that's credit, definitely true. It's more credit. That's to definitely coach than true. anything else in terms of all the creative ways that they use him. I think they use him very well, um, and they know exactly what his skill set is, and they use him in a great way. What um, do you What do you think of uh, moving away from there? Because I want to. I want to start running through names here. What do you think of uh, Trevon Diggs at, at sixty? I think it's high. I think it's high. I think it's high. I was kind of um, thinking that too. You see, the reason that he ha was so insanely hyped last season was the 11 interceptions, right? That was like the big outlier yeah. that stuck out. And then this season, he only had three. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I, I feel like maybe if you – maybe I'm just missing something. Maybe I need to dive into like the more advanced stats to like fully understand why he is where he is. But – 
I don't know. Considering, like, the season before, I know almost his entire value were those interceptions. Like, as an overall coverage corner, I knew he was pretty overrated. That was yeah. a very big conversation this season before. I don't know. I, I don't know enough to know whether he necessarily improved on that or not, but I know that three interceptions, obviously he wasn't going to repeat 11. No, no, no shit. <laughs> but uh, I feel like, I think I at least thought he'd be a little closer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's a little high from, for where he is. Um, it's interesting that he's still this high, just in terms of like, oh, maybe with, because again, it's the players' rankings. Um, maybe he wasn't as overrated as the as people would have said he was. Um, but again, his stats are not nearly as good. Not just in interceptions, but in pass breakups. They're just not. Drops they're not. 15. Yeah, they're not very impressive. Um, more tackles, but not by much. Um, still made it to the Pro Bowl, but again, not the same. Um, I think it's in. I think it's an interesting spot for him. I'm not mad about him being in the top 100 at all. Like I think that's deserved. No, that's think, that's not what I'm saying at all. I, I just think, think 60 is. I thought high. when I saw him, yeah, when I saw him at 60, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Like above Woolen but, and uh, and again the names I mentioned, like Slay, Lattimore, Humphrey, that feels yeah. a little bit. I less. feel like, yeah, I feel like you can move Diggs down further. But I, other than that, I think we we already talked about Jared Goff. I don't feel well, like uh, I feel like we can move on. Nah. Can we move on before the rant? <laughs> Man, I keep if you getting, want, like I keep getting I I, I, I always postpone my Jared Goff. I keep rant I keep yeah I keep robbing you of your Jared Goff rant. I'm sure when he throws four picks in week one. Can we have a Can we have one. a segment next week that's just my Jared Goff rant, or I'll end the podcast with my Jared Goff rant. <laughs> I'll make a special request um, for next week Jared Goff rant. Special think, next week. You know what? Considering how dry the offseason is, I feel like we could get away with it. <laughs> Just we'll having a, a rant. We'll, Although, we'll you know what? We, you, know what I'll, you know what? Better idea. Better idea. Next next week, we will do a segment on... Because we did one about the Patriots. We did... We'll do, I don't, like, we'll do more of a team focused on the Lions. And yeah. I'll give you your Jared My Goff Jared rants. Goff rant? when we get, yeah, when we get to it. We'll do I a will, Lions segment. Put Put that down. We'll do it. I will I will It'll leave I will leave the Jared Goff thing saying that I think it is absolutely absurd that he is ahead of Gino and Lamar. Um I think that's dumb. Yeah. I think he's a system quarterback and I will talk about it more next week. Okay. And then uh we can move on into the to the 50s where uh quickly scanning and see if there's anything that really pisses me off about it. I, I kind of mentioned this one to you right away. I know your opinion on this because I know you do not like A-Rod. But I feel like A-Rod should be a little higher. I think 51 is a little bit of a disservice. I know, obviously, uh, his personality can be a bit uh, abrasive. <laughs> I don't is the word that I would probably use. But I think uh, I think he's still a very talented quarterback. I, think, I know he did have a down year last year, but having... Even after one down year, and I know, I know, we keep going back to the thing of like how it's supposed to only be one season. But God, he won back to back MVPs, and we're putting him at fifty one after like. And didn't he? St- how many touchdowns did he have this season? Twenty. I, 20, I keep going back to the stats. He had twenty six. But Simon, Simon, 26. Simon, yeah, Simon. Uh, yeah. A Rod had the most interceptions since his very first year starting in two thousand and eight. Aaron Rodgers threw twelve interceptions. Which, again, 
When I'm thinking of quarterback... 12 interceptions again, is not... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not... Okay, I mean, that's a lot for A-Rod, obviously. First time hitting double digits since 2010, but still. It's not I mean, terrible, but again, we're, we, we were looking at players who had significantly less in the 90s. We're looking at Trevor Lawrence. We're looking at Tua players two, who had two. a lot okay, less interceptions and also are less experienced. Um, I do think we're starting to yeah. see the decline of Aaron Rodgers. I can say... I'm, I'm not saying... I, I can say the only reason that I find it weird is the fact that, like, you just, like... It, it's so weird, the fact that he went from winning two MVPs and now he's a 50. It's just... I don't know. It's it's. I know it's just the bias of the fact of how good his previous two seasons were. Like, that in my head, I feel like I still would put him on the pedestal of, like, the better quarterbacks in the league, even if it, he did decline. I I don't know. Like if we're if we are talking on the buy on the thing of just like we are looking at just the last season, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. I think uh I don't know. I feel like if we actually get into this, we'd be arguing about it forever. That's the yeah. issue though. So I don't know how much I actually want to. I feel like I I think it just depends on what your stance is on how how important the previous seasons were. Cuz one thing that I liked that I saw a different uh media source uh, using was and i kind of wanted to thought about if we run out of things like uh to talk about in the offseason i think that this would be a pretty interesting one uh i don't know if you follow puck empire on uh instagram mm. but they've been doing uh hockey like top 100 copying the nfl one but what they've been doing is instead of just doing the one season they're taking the last three seasons mm. like they full out came out and said we are taking the last three seasons into, like, uh, whatever the word, whatever word you want to use, my brain's tired. What it, they are taking the last three seasons, mushing them all together, and seeing what you get. I feel like you could probably get a much better list, even with the NFL, if you did that. Just on the, I don't know. Maybe, I guess the the NFL, though, is a lot shorter of primes than the NHL is, so maybe not. Yeah, I, I, I think that... That that's the thing is that you make the argument that you have to. It's like, oh, he's won two straight MVPs. But that's the thing about this list. Yeah. It's why Lamar Jackson is so low. It's why Sauce Gardner yeah. is so high. It is literally just last season. That is all they care about. Um, in terms of this, I mean, obviously, legacy is going to play into it some part. But it is top one hundred players of twenty twenty two technically. Um, and uh, just putting it out there, Aaron Rodgers did not play as well as he did those last two seasons. So, honestly, you no, he did not. Throw no, that is, I would not try and make that argument because he had yeah. twelve picks. He had a losing record. Um, again, he threw for less yards than he has since, um, discluding the season he got injured since twenty thirteen, um, in which he also played nine games. Again, it's just like looking at it to the rest of his career, he's not that season was not the same A Rod he was before. And I think it will be interesting to see him play with the Jets because supporting cast does go into it. Receiving corpse on the yeah. Packers is pretty barren. Um, I think he's I think he's gonna he's not gonna have an MVP season. I think he's gonna have a bounce back. I do think he might a have bit. a bounce back season. I do think I think I, I think, think he'll he'll hit thirty fair. touchdowns. I think fifty is fair. Yeah. I'm not yeah. if you wanna say like, oh, just put him above Kirk Cousins, yeah, sure. Let's do let's do that again. Our yeah. top quarterback That's, ranking. That is the argument I, I was gonna make. Yeah, Kirk That's Cousins fair. is weird to me. I just think. Although I know that Kirk Cousins did have a good season this year, so one second, let's let's compare stats between Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. Isn't that a sentence I never thought I'd be saying? Yeah, I. Think, oh, okay. Kirk Cousins. 
Kirk Cousins, okay. Okay. It's, uh, it's 29 us, touchdowns, though. 14 picks. One of them yeah, of course, Justin of Jefferson course. and one of, of them course. doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. But uh, how many did you say? 26? So that's three more touchdowns, two more picks. Mm. We're, I don't know where you land on that. But yeah. uh, like, I feel I, like I, I, would, I, I would. This season, think I think that's might, a little interchangeable. I do think I do think putting Cousins above Rodgers is a little bit much, but I'm not like upset about it. I think fifty is yeah. Looking at the stats, Rogers in a I was even thinking like, that. Yeah. Um. Well, with yeah, that, with I'm the Kirk talk, do you want to move into the forties? <laughs> yes, I absolutely do. Um, we should probably. There's not really anything that I necessarily hate. I don't know about you. I'll I mean, we just kind of we just kind of touched on Kirk Cousins. That's the one that was kind of sticking out to me earlier. But after actually looking at his stats, I'm not too mad about it. 40 no, I'm not. Four. I'm not too mad about Kirk Cousins. I'll give a few like notable ones. Quinn and Williams at forty. Um, he's been pretty like obviously drafted high, but he's been pretty unheralded. Like you don't see him being talked about too much. So I think him being that high is a testament to how well he's actually played. Like he's been a good player. I just don't think a lot of people have noticed. Um, Demario Davis being that I high. think a lot of people will notice this season now on the Jets because obviously they're going to get a yeah, lot more prime time this games. is true. I, I so, think he should show up yeah. a lot more. Um, the other one is Demario Davis. Um, sh- shout out to my good friend Kean, my Saints fan friend. Uh, he'd be very happy with that ranking, and I think it is well-deserved. He's been a stalwart for them at middle He's been very solid time. in the last couple of years. He's yeah. very good, and it's good to see him getting his due. Um, Cooper Cup at 47, where he should be. Um, him getting top <laughs> receiver hype is absolutely absurd. Um, I hate him even more than Jared Goff. Um, we can maybe throw in a Cooper Cup rant at some point this summer if we're looking for... Um, I think he, again... Um, doesn't a time do pad? <laughs> doesn't, doesn't do anything special. Um, he's just yeah. kind of average and was elevated by his quarterback play. The only reason that saw. I love Cooper Cup is there was... It wasn't last year, it was the year before that I had him in fantasy football, and he was my best friend for that season. Yeah, that's, maybe that's also part of why I hate him, because I also had to play against him. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> obviously, like, Cooper oh, Cup, Cooper that Cup was did a not fun play year. <laughs> he was injured, but, no. like, again, no. um, I just Cooper think- Cup's another guy with... Because uh, I think uh, the court, the... Stafford also got hurt last season, so there's a lot of there's a lot of moving gears in the Rams. I think Cup could potentially, even as much as you may hate him, I think there's a chance he probably does move up if uh, would, the injuries there stays a little bit. I think I think there's just so many there were so many things that went wrong with the Rams last season that like you know, knock on wood, but um, probably won't happen again. Hopefully, won't happen again. No, Nobody I'm, likes ho- to see I'm, ho- I'm hoping it. Oh well, I don't want to see okay. injuries. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, don't, don't. don't yeah, don't, don't say that. Injuries, but <laughs> maybe I, don't. Maybe I'm don't. Maybe it. don't wish for injuries on the I don't, internet. I don't, but okay. <laughs> okay, I don't want to see. Injuries. I want the entire Rams roster to stay healthy. They have great players. Um, but I am all for the Rams' downfall. I want a fully healthy Rams. Yeah, roster you just want them to straight up suck. I'll make. You just want problem. like Will Ferrell to buy them like drinks. The like the night before the game, every single game. Yes, absolutely. that's what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, like I want a. Fully you want them to all get the side. Lawrence Taylor treatments for like every single game before every, the, the entire season. Yeah, that's what you want. Yes. So they suck. Yeah. Yes, I want the okay. Rams to suck. Well, we can move. We can move on past that. Like uh, we don't need, but uh, going into the 30s, we <coughs> there was one that I found 
that I was going to point out before I actually looked into the stats of it. And this is totally just based on the hype behind one of them. And the there's still a little hype around the other, but, I mean, lesser, I'd say. Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb. I found mm. when I was first, my initial reaction to seeing that, I immediately was like, there's no way. There's no way. And then you and then I like looked into it a bit more and looked at the stats. I I don't have them pulled up, but I know CD Lamb did have quite a bit more. I think maybe like 100 more yards if I'm remembering right and I think they had the same amount of touchdowns. So he did have a better season. He did have a better season. But I I'm curious what you think on that. I do think that Jamar Chase should be higher. Um I just think when I am going into a game and game planning against a team which one am I more worried about? <laughs> yeah. I am that's more worried a, and that's the way Jamar that I looked Chase. at it, too. Yeah. Because yeah. Jamar I, Chase breaks open games. Like, I'm thinking of him against the Chiefs. I know this wasn't They are. Sure, but. We, we should immediately open with that if you're going to point out that, that, though. They are two very different types of receivers. They are. They are. Like, uh, yeah, that that is, you're looking at a guy, like, uh, C.D. Lamb is, in at least in my opinion, is a lot more of like a, he's going to route you up. He's going to beat you. He's going to beat you, like, to the step, that type of receiver. While Jamar Chase is a lot more of a... He's going to moss you and he's going to kill your entire offense. That's the difference. Yeah, I'd be interested to see more receiving stats. I don't know if they have, like, yak numbers, but... Um, yeah. I, I do think I do think it's an interesting <coughs> comparison to make. I do think, um, again, uh, J- again, Jamar Chase not playing the full season may have been part of what hurt him. Um, but the, the fact True. is, they they had very similar stats um, when Jamar Chase yep. played um, five less games. I do think that says a lot. Yeah. Um, I do think. Other that, than that, though, I think that is the only thing that I really have an issue with here. In the thirties, I think the, uh, uh, the one thing I would yeah. point out, I think, um, is that yeah, everything feels about right. Matt Judon is is a little high. That. Is a surprising place for Matt Judon to go. It, I didn't that think stuck he out to me too. Record. But in, I always think I always think of him as like a very underrated linebacker, just in general. So that's why I don't necessarily have an issue with him being there. Yeah, and he had a break. I don't he know had a, though. He had a, I, he had I, the best year of his career. He had fifteen and a half sacks. Okay, never mind. I take it back. He's he deserves to be there. Fifteen and a half is a hell of a season. It is a hell of a season. I think. Uh, I think that just speaks yeah. to how I, under the radar he goes, honestly, because the fact that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like I, I have for like I've always thought of him at least for the last couple seasons as being very underrated. So when I saw him there, even if even though I didn't have his stats right in front of me, I it was believable. You know what I mean? Like because there are some names when you see them them super high on the list that you immediately go, eh, I don't know about that one. For example, C.D. Lamb. Like I said, I did not know that he had that good of a season. Maybe it's just because I'm a Cowboys hater. Who knows? But I there's just a couple names out there that when I see them, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. I, Judon was believable for me. I I even before seeing his stats, 33, I didn't really have an issue with it. Yeah, I'm thinking like, um. I don't know if I, I, my gut feeling was that 30 is a little bit too high, but look, again, looking at stats, it is, I, I don't know why there isn't more attention given to them, and I do think that's one of the nice things about the top 100, is players can pay their dues to the players who get a little bit less respect than they should, and I think Matt Junon is a good example of that. 30, 33, again, feels a little bit rich, um, but overall, I don't think it's, it, it's something that sticks out, but like you said, um, is justifiable. Yeah, totally. And 
Are you are you good to move on to the twenties, or I is am. there anyone I else am. you want to talk about here? You are. Yeah. Okay. Then we can slide right over into the twenties. Obviously, we already talked on Sauce Gardner, so I don't know if we necessarily need to. No, bring that I, one up I think again. we're good with that. But uh, the one thing that I find really, you know what? I'll wait to talk. I'll I'll wait to talk on that one until we get into the to into the teens. But I mean, the the weird thing is, I don't know if I'm necessarily mad at any of these either. I think. It's all I see is a ton of elite players at a bunch of different positions where it's just hard to pick one over the other. Like, because the funny thing is, like, I, because how are you going, like, I mentioned this earlier, but how do you pick an interception over a sack or, like, a touchdown over an interception or whatever, what have you, right? Like, that's such a hard, there's no metric for that. So it's so hard to rank different positions in different places to the point where I look at this and I'm just like, eh, sure. I, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like I would. I have I don't have enough of an issue with any of these to necessarily move them around, other than Sauce Gardner, but we already talked about that. Yeah. The one that I'm intrigued by, um, Austin Eckler is very high. That's not the one I'm intrigued by. I, that's very high. Um, yeah. I I, well, I was the thing that I was going to mention is I feel like we could probably wait to talk about the running backs until we get to the teens because – Josh Jacobs is the is at twelve there, and I feel like we can just talk about the running back, just running back rankings as a whole when we get there, because I want to hear what your opinion on that is. But so I don't know if you want to save that for that. Yeah, okay, if you want to take it now, go now. You can save that. My other okay. Well, we is there is there anything other, else that you want to talk about there? My other one is um, everything else looks fine. Um, Roquan Smith um, is another one of those names. Um, it feels very similar to a Matt Judon situation where it feels a little bit out of place looking initially, but um, I'm looking at it yeah. as a whole, and I'm looking at how much um, playing for Baltimore did for him, um, getting traded to Baltimore, because um, he's kind of stuck on, obviously not in his first couple years of his he career, is, that Chicago he is was the... good, but... And just to be clear, I I think he played a little bit of outside linebacker this season, so maybe I'm gonna step on my foot, step on my tongue again. But I think he is the highest rated inside linebacker, if I am not wrong. I I think I think you're right. Yeah, because Fred Warner. I, I Fred swear Warner. that I Fred Warner. Oh right, yeah. There you go. Okay. Which yeah. yeah okay, fair. I'm wrong. Never mind. So number two inside linebacker. Do you have any issue with that? Eh, not. Really, not really. Because again, it, that just comes back to the whole thing of who would you put above them? Yeah, honestly, like who, like who in would terms go of number two? Backers, I don't think I would. I do think I, I'm not like upset, but I'm not upset by it. Honestly, I do think it's it feels a little bit rich just on a gut instinct. But like looking at underlying stats, like it feels like it's well deserved. Um, one thing I would want to point out: I'd be interested to see how he does a full season in Baltimore, um, just because. Um, again, take this with a grain of salt because I don't know I don't know how they get this number. But I'm looking at Pro Football Reference, and they have a stat approximate value um, that they calculate to determine um, a player's overall value to their team throughout the season. Now, in 2022, Roquan Smith played for the Bears and the Ravens. With eight games with the Bears, he had an approximate value of four. In nine games with the Ravens, he had an approximate value of thirteen. Which is a huge Holy smokes. jump. It is a huge jump. A lot of the players that we that looked is at a huge jump. had uh, approximate values. I'll go back through. 
Jamar Chase, approximate value, 11. Um, Matt Judon, 13. Um, you can go back and look through other players. 13 is an insanely high number. To have that high of a yeah. jump from what is like a league average player kind of rating to a superstar rating in terms of approximate value. The overall stats are about the same, but that um, the underlying value that they have um, to calculate into that. Um, That's really interesting. I think it, I think it is, uh, again, it, it's, it's a kind of stat you take with a grain of salt, but I think it's something that is um, interesting and interesting to see how he can maybe put his name out there to match that 24th best player in the league kind of description. Um, yeah. To see if a being in a better situation does that for him. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to move into the teens? Yeah, let's do it. So that we can uh, we can talk about all the because there's a this is when it starts to get a bit more interesting. I think I think if you want to start with the running backs, like I said at number twelve, we can do that. We can move right into Josh Jacobs. Okay. Because uh, I think he overall did when I was looking at it earlier. I think I saw that he did overall have like the best running back season stats wise. So I guess I don't have an issue with him being ranked number one. But do you think that the gap between him and the other running backs on this list, like the next two and Austin Eckler and Derrick Henry, is necessarily deserving? Or what do you think on that? Uh, it's just like, it, it does feel like Josh Jacobs is not best running back in the league material yet. He had the best stats, sure, but he's not, he doesn't yet feel like a game breaker. He feels like a Nick Chubb kind of player, which is no disrespect because Nick Chubb is amazing. Um, but he's not the kind of player... Nick Chubb is still a level... He's still a 29. Like, yeah, that's, that's still is, arguably a, a com- compliment. Um, it, is, it is a compliment, but I don't think they're at the type where you're having to... It's, again, one of those things when you talk about running back contracts. Like, there's very few franchise running backs. I would say Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Um, talent-wise, I don't know if he's quite there. Um, so it is, it does feel a little bit rich, even to put him above a guy like Austin Eckler, who, again, even Austin Eckler seems high, but Austin Eckler has the dual threat capability, as anyone who's had him in fantasy knows. That's why he's going as, like, RB1 in fantasy, is because of, um, his receiving capabilities. Um, so I do think it's interesting. He's very much more of a traditional back in that he just kind of runs downhill and picks up yards. He doesn't have a whole lot outside of that. He's not... Uh, mauling defender souls like Derrick Henry is. He's not <laughs> providing that dual threat ability like an Eckler or McCaffrey does. He doesn't have um, the god-tier shape-shifting ability that Saquon Barkley has. He is just kind of a downhill runner like Nick Chubb is. He's very good at it. 12 feels rich for that kind. It, it just doesn't feel like... It, it's no disrespect because that style works, but 12 feels a little bit rich just when he doesn't have that special quality to him um it's not anything that i'm too mad about it's not like a jared goff at 60 where i'm gonna be upset but it just feels a little bit rich yep and you hit on everything that i was pretty much about to say that's why i wanted to let you go first i thought you had more to say on that one but yeah i definitely agree i just think there's i don't know what to add that you didn't already say but i think it's it should be a thinner gap if that makes sense like, that's just the the main thing I wanted to touch on. I thought, I feel like Josh Jacobs, I don't really, I don't have an issue with you, with them necessarily putting, just because of the season he had, I don't have an issue with them putting him above the people they did. I just think that maybe put him, like, late teens. I I think then I, you, I wouldn't have even said anything about it. Yeah. I passed that, I think, uh, 
I think I would have been fine with it. But yeah. uh, is there anything else you want to touch on in the teens, or do you want to try and beat an hour here? Um, we will talk. A, um, there's the everything else is okay. I'm not I'm looking at everything. Shout out to Fred Warner, Max Crosby. You don't get as much. Uh, we'll throw Mika Fitzpatrick in there. They don't get as much praise. I feel like I feel like Fred Warner gets quite a bit of credit. I think everybody knows he's probably the best inside linebacker in the league. No, it didn't. Did we lose everything? Okay, I'm going to. Uh, I'm just going to explain what happened so that I can actually use this. Okay, Caleb's phone died. He was recording with his phone. So he is gone. I'm replacing him with a photo of him that looks very stupid because he is stupid. So, uh, I know, Caleb, I am your voice. What is the, what is the, what, what is controversial about the top 10? Just name it. <laughs> Proverbial about the top 10. Oh, okay. We already mentioned, okay. Nick Bosa is dumb. Nick Bosa shouldn't be four. He, that's a little high for him. Other than that, I thought Jalen Hurts. Him being at three above Joe Burrow and Josh Allen was a little high. That's a little bit too much recency bias. Caleb just agreed with me. Other than that, the rest of the list I don't have an issue with. I think the rest of the list is fine. We're going to do the one cardinal sin that I think every single creator around any sport ever always does when the offseason is boring. And that is throw out an incredibly stupid prediction about who is going to win the Stanley Cup, Super Bowl, whatever, what have you, right? It is, although as stupid as it might be, it is the most fun thing to always look back on, and I can't wait to look back on it come next June. So let's hop right into it. We have the early, some early Stanley Cup odds in front of us right now, and uh, I don't even know how to necessarily go about starting this one, but uh, Caleb, is there anything that sticks out to you? I guess we can just start with that, see if oh. there's anything, because uh, there's a couple, there's a couple here for me, but uh, I'll see okay, if there's anything I'll... that hits you first. Okay, so I don't know if we want to start like at the top of the list. The Devils are very high. They, they are, are. Yeah, that is one of the at, things I did want to talk about. So we've got their top three are the Hurricanes is one that makes sense to me. Um, it's maybe overvaluing them a little bit just because they haven't had that playoff success, but I do think they have one of the best rosters. In the three, what is it, two or three conferences in a row, though? Yes. At some point, they got to break through. At some point, they have to win a game in those. Um, that's true. the thing. That's true, um, too. But I do think they do have a great roster. I've always been a fan of what Carolina's doing. Putting them at number one isn't too upsetting. Um, the Devils at three is very high. Um, I think yeah. they're a I think, uh, team, but... Man, yeah. one uh, of the things that I w- did want to point out because we are—I did pull up an article to go along with these uh, odds. One of the things that they hit on for this is uh, the Devils went from twenty-eighth to third and added Tyler to full. That is the biggest addition. If you obviously twenty-eighth, uh, I'm assuming is from last year, so obviously they would have made a big jump since last season. So obviously that's not just Tyler to fully. But the thing they add at the end here is if they get Connor Hellebuck at the at or before the deadline, reserve a pair. Of, parade seat as true as that might be they as of right now they do not have connor hellebuck yes so you can't do it based on what ifs yeah what ifs you'll you you can't do not bet on what ifs (laughs) that's the that's the that is the number one thing that you should be learning from uh, this do not bet on the devils because they might get connor hellebuck because they also might not 
Yeah. You could go really anywhere, right? Unless like, you have, like, insider information that we don't have. And if you do, tell me. Yeah. Unless you've got, like... Because I would like to reserve my parade seat. Yeah. If you've got, like, the Back to the Future 2 sports almanac and the Devils got Connor Hallibuck and went on an 82-0 run to the Stanley Cup, like, that would be amazing. Yeah, please let me know. Like, let uh, me know. Because, like, I I have a mortgage that I would like to put on that, so... Yeah, exactly. Let me know. Uh, it's, It's the kind of thing where it's like, huh, right now that seems a little bit high. The one thing I would say about just looking at these rankings in general... There's a whole lot of teams in the top, like, at least 10 that are, if not extending to, like, 12, that are very interchangeable. I do think it kind of speaks to the parity yep. in the league and how there is no real favorite. Like, sure, well, you can say Carolina because one of the, the reasons, runner, one of the issues I did have with the, with the Devils, and, I mean, even the Leafs, I mean, I've spoken about my issue with, we, we did a whole segment on, like, Mainly, the reason I wanted to do it was my issues with this new league, new, new look Leafs team. And uh, I mean, the funny thing is, I'm even scrolling up. You just mentioned the parody in the league. I feel like I would definitely Oilers. I want to say swear words at that. Them being at four, but I will. That's not, high. I will refrain. Yeah, that is high, but I will not use my big. Meaning no, words. but I. I, but I, I think. I like... uh, <laughs> I, like I, I, the, uh, uh, I, what I will say, what I will say is I think that Colorado should be above the Devils. I think Vegas should be above the Devils. I have no, past that, I think that Florida is low considering the run they just went on. Boston too. But, I mean, Boston, well, Boston did lose Bergeron. Yes, but they still had the best which, regular season in, um... Sure, NHL but losing your number one, losing your number one center can really take a take it's a true. punch it's in true, the gut. But, uh, yeah, falling all the way. So I, I don't. 10. They, they. Yeah, that's fair. And the Bruins have always been a mainstay for like the last ten years on being pretty solid in the playoffs. So I mean, who knows? They got James but, uh, Van Riemsdyk. The Bruins got James Van Riemsdyk since when? Did they? I did oh. not know that. I actually did not know that. Yeah, Learned that's a thing every day. sneaky good addition. Okay, well, refraining from using all my favorite words, why don't we uh, talk about the Oilers at four? Like, obviously, you just mentioned that you think they're high. I agree with you, but why do you think they're high? Um. Okay. Like, what do you? I I do want to mention um that I mean they're they're that high. Okay, I want to mention a couple things. First, this Bleacher Report article that you pulled up, Simon. Um, even though they did, like, I, I mean, I guess it's not them making the ranking. I really like the blurb they put in there. It says, Oilers fans claim they've been the second best playoff team for two seasons, which is worth, worth precisely nothing. Yeah, that pretty much puts it about right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but again, the reason they're so high is because of their roster. They have McDavid, they have Dreisaitl. Um, betting against that is difficult. Um, in terms of betting odds, like... And t- and in terms of they're always number one in like the one thing one life. thing that they they hit right at the end of there I don't actually I don't think you read it but it, it's all about Jack Campbell and net yeah that their goaltending will make or break this next season because obviously the thing is Skinner obviously had a pretty solid season for them last season is in that starter slot I believe he started in the playoffs as well um, for most of it yeah I obviously yeah the thing is we have seen. Sophomore slumps for goalies are very, 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 very common, especially for rookie goalies that really, really, like, hit 
just absolutely kill it in their first season. We've seen that end careers, that sophomore slump. So as much as I want that to happen to Skinner, who knows? Maybe I'm just, you know, manifesting voodoo. Let's see what happens. But let's say that does happen. How much do you trust Jack Campbell or even like, uh, well, no, we'll stick to that. How much do you trust Jack Campbell as being your starter on a team like that? Is he really good enough to lead the Oilers to a potential Stanley Cup run? You know is, what I would say I to would, that? I would, would say, say? I would say um, yes, but, yes, but, um, he <laughs> yes, is good but. enough to lead the Oilers to the Stanley Cup. We've seen that top-end talent, but he's not consistent enough. He has never been consistent. He can put up, even for the Oilers, even in probably his worst season in the league, he still had, like, when he came in in the playoffs, he played really well. Um, I believe he was a net for their, um, I think it was their comeback victory against the Kings. He played really well. Yeah, but the issue right. is, is that he is not that player every game. And um, I know he's, he's just such an up-and-down guy um, to where if they want to have playoff success, you're going to need him, you're going to need that luck to hit his peak. And... That is even if he's still the starter at that point. Because um, if something happens yeah. like last year where he's in a down stretch for as long as he could be um, and Skinner's starting, like, again, you don't want to have that kind of net front uncertainty for a Stanley Cup playoff team. No, you do not. And I think in the last, like, uh, obviously the Stanley Cup winners just won a cup off of Aiden Hill. And before the playoffs, he was not really considered much of anything as a goalie past maybe like a mid-tier, low-tier starter, maybe even high-tier backup, right? I think, so we've seen teams win with lesser goaltending, but the common theme whenever there has been a lesser goaltender is the fact that there's always been really, really solid defense, and you cannot make that argument that the Oilers... The Oilers have a pretty good defense. Do they have as good of a defense as Vegas did this season? You would have a hard time convincing me of that. It's also a so very, I d- it's a very offensively focused defensive core too. Like yeah, the, those defenses that you talk about are good because they give their goalie like a security blanket. It's the security to know that they're not going to get a lot of chances on uh, on them because the defense is so good. The Oilers with a core of like Nurse and CC as your starting pair. Those two, they're good defensemen more so Nurse than CC, but their thing is driving offensive play for both of them. They're not, that first pairing is not going to provide a lot of defensive support. Um, Skinner or Campbell is going to have to face a lot of shots. They're not going to have the kind of protection that a guy like Aiden Hill did last season. No, they are definitely not. If we want to move out of the top five here, I think uh, we already touched on the one other team that I feel like is Kind of controversial, I already mentioned, is Toronto, but we already did a full segment on them, I think, two weeks ago. So I feel like we can move past that and move into the rest of the rankings here a little bit. Obviously, you already mentioned the biggest thing is the fact that it's just such a huge sign of the parity that is in the league right now, like you mentioned. like There are a lot of very even odds here as you move into, I'd say, until you get to like 10, where it's just a lot of people under, obviously, I do not understand gambling sports betting i am not a sports gambler so i do not understand the odds as well as i probably should to be talking about it on a sports show but i think uh i can tell that numbers are close to know that uh 
it's a very good sign for the direction the league is heading. And I think, uh, I mean, the one controversial one in like the top 15 that really sticks out to me, and I want your opinion on this now that the Eric Carlson trade has gone down. What do you think of 13, the Penguins? Mm. What do you think of that? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Are they a... It's not, like, upsetting. There's no team below them that I'm like, okay, that's, like, absurd that they're placed above. It's just, like, I, I don't know. Sure, maybe this year, fine. It's it, The Eric Carlson move for me, I didn't get to talk about it because I wasn't able to come on the podcast yep. last week. But I did provide my opinion on it when we talked about the potential of it happening. And I said, what's the worst spot for Eric Carlson to go? Oh, it's Pittsburgh. Because yeah. it just feels like it's a wrong move to go to try to add talent on when this team is obviously on the decline. I get, like, it, in terms at the of same pure, At the same time, though, what uh, I remember, and I remember my counter to that, even at the time, was what else do you want the Penguins to do? Because they're not going to start cutting. Tank. Cutting, uh, cutting off. Uh, yeah, no, but are you going to tank when you still have Crosby and Melkin and Latang on the roster? Trade them. Yeah, but they don't want to do that. I mean, no, like, they're the only reason you're selling any tickets. The ownership is not going to let them trade Crosby. Yeah, but, okay, Simon, think about this. If you're looking at it, like, obviously they're not going to do it. But if you think about team building long term, then... I know, that's... Pro- you are right. For futures, Completely. That is gonna, not the argument that I'm making selling, In terms of selling tickets, you're going to sell more tickets total if you're back to being a good team <laughs> that's in three fair. years versus back to being a good team in 10 to 15. But the thing is... Like, but the thing is, even they... When you have a guy like Crosby, they want to be able to say that Crosby played for the Penguins their entire career. You don't think that's important, but that is important to somebody in that building, and that's why he's still there. It's important to Crosby, too, I'm sure. Like, I think them bringing in Eric Carlson and bringing in veterans is them saying that they want to see if they can make one more magic run happen. Will it happen? Absolutely, probably not. Like, the thing is, the funny thing is, like, I actually like where they are because 13 feels right. I think even when we I was talking about it last week and the week before when we were talking about it, I remember last week I, my prediction for them was a 7th or 8th seed. And 13 would have them sliding in perfectly right into that spot pretty much. Like, uh, I think that that's pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not... In terms of pure talent level that they have on the roster now, I'm not upset about it. it again, it's the more long-term team building thing and i don't disagree with any of the points you made in terms of why they did it i just think it's stupid reasoning um and i think it's gonna sure. get them in a yeah lot no i don't because if i it, if i was building a team i would be on your page like the same thing as you 100 get rid of the old guys when i'm playing nhl i trade the old guys right like that's that's the logical side of it but there is more as much as everybody says hockey is a business basketball is a business all that there's also the not necessarily i mean i don't know i just don't see can can, if you you could not convince me that the penguins are going to trade crosby crosby is going to end his career a penguin i also like that is i think it's too late i also think it's too late to trade him honestly that too i think they've i think they've if they wanted to do it they should have done it before um yeah but i'm just gonna like okay if you do what they're becoming is they're becoming the Red Wings, right? Let me let me read you out some of the past few Red Wings. True. Seasons. Yeah. No. That's that's fair. That's fair. 
So the last winning season they had was 2015-16. After that, um, they're still okay. They've still got Zetterberg. They've still got Zetterberg. They're still um, kind of making the playoffs, but they're they're fading, right? It's what's going to happen to Pittsburgh in a couple of years. They're fading. They're only winning 30 games, 32 games. Um, they're starting to get a losing record, and then the bottom falls out. 17 I mean, even think about, think about the Flames. Think about the Flames in, like, the late 2000s, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the it's, same thing. It's, it's the, You're holding it's on to your a, old stars. It's a bad philosophy. Eric Carlson makes it worse because it makes them even more tied down for cap in the future. Um, I don't know. like That Kyle is the Dub- one really big negative, yeah. Kyle Dubas. Because he has probably, despite winning the Norris, I'd argue he has one of the worst contracts in the league. Kyle Dubas is like, I don't know why he took that job. It's jumping on a sinking ship, I think. Um because I think he's going to have a couple good, like, I'm not saying the Penguins will do bad this year. They still have a decent lineup. But it's just like, why are you trying to make another push? It just feels a little bit pointless because they don't, they don't have, like, they, can you see yeah, this but like, winning a Stanley Cup? That's what it's about. You want to get to winning the Stanley Cup. They have a second round true. exit at yeah. most type of roster. And that's just what's frustrating about it. It's like, am I, fr- am I, I think where they placed odds wise? No, but, um. It's just an, an overall philosophy that I disagree heavily with, and it's going to cost them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It will cost them. There's absolutely no... Nobody would disagree on that. I think it's a very, very... Uh, you would be very wrong if you thought that this was the right move for the future of the Penguins. Is it the right move for the now of the Penguins, considering all things considered? Are they trading Malkin? Absolutely not. Are they trading Latang? Eh, probably not. Are they trading Crosby? It'll be a cold day in hell when that happens. Like, all of these things taken into account, would you rather be mediocre or would you rather trade for guys that would allow you to at least try to compete? Because those are your two options. You are tanking. In this, you you got to realize Dubas, even if, or Dubas, that's how you say his name, right? All yeah. of a sudden, I'm ju- I'm doubting myself. Yeah, okay. Uh, you got to realize he got there, even if he wanted to, even if he walked into the ownership's office and said, I want to tank. I want to go get some young guys. We're going to get you guys back contending in three years. You know what they would have said to him? No. <laughs> like, they would have turned them that down instantly. Whether it's the right decision or not, doesn't matter, right? That's the thing. So, I don't know. Eh, like, I think you're not- totally right, but... I mean, yeah. You know, it, I think we should move like, on from the Penguins. I think we've talked enough about the Penguins over the last. Three yeah, weeks. I agree. But I'll uh, just move. I, I don't know if there's the rest I of think, the list. I don't know if it's quite as notable. Um, just because it's a bunch of middle of the pack teams, like I'm not gonna. Well, talk, we can. I'm not gonna. We can talk about. We can just twenty one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I the one thing that I really appreciate as a Flames fan and how mediocre we are is how we are at exactly fifteen. That just feels right. Um, yeah. What else? Buffalo at seventeen. I kind of thought. I kind of thought. Uh, yeah, that was weird. But um, I kind of thought Buffalo should have been higher. Ottawa could have been higher. Because considering, although that just depends on how high you are on their acquisition of Tarasenko, I feel like the Red Wings is another surprising one to me. Who knows what could happen Hello? with that? I feel like they. Yeah, I feel like they should be higher a little. I, I feel like that. I'd put the Red Wings. I, well, the, actually, the, the they're Canucks, tied with the, the Blues. The Canucks do Predators, feel high. I, I was just—I just said I wouldn't get mad about the Canucks, but they do feel high. Looking at these, other yeah, teams. like what I mean is like I feel like I'd swap like the Red Wings and probably the Canucks. The other thing, Simon, you do have to look about because this isn't just a power rankings; it is odds. So they will rank certain teams True. ahead. 
of other teams, but that doesn't mean like the Devils and Leafs are technically tied for second with the same odds. That adds yeah, which is what I which is tied. what I was looking at. Yeah, um, and like basically the, all I'm saying, basically all I'm saying when I say that is that I think they should probably move one spot up. But it's just the fact that I cannot imagine betting on the Canucks over the Red Wings. Just look at Not, the um, like look at the gap, especially at those odds. So I, I think the yeah. interesting. Stuff in this ranking honestly comes from the gaps between teams. So you said there's a pretty there's a pretty clear top eleven or so. Yeah, because the rankings for the Red Wings um, plus two hundred versus the Kings plus twenty eight hundred. There's a big gap there. Yeah. Um, and then you've got those those dark horses kind of ranked in together. Um, another big drop off starting at the Senators and going. Um, yeah. Until you got to the Canucks, and there's another big one thing from the Canucks to the Blues. One thing that I really want to end this off with. Would you, and this goes back to how, one thing that I thought, because we were looking at odds, which is something that you just pointed out, and I think that's a very important thing to look at. How many people do you think are going to put money on the 20,000 odds for the Chicago Blackhawks? More than they should. Yeah. Because I'm really curious. I, I, I really, I can't wait till we get to like September and it comes, I see the TSN Instagram post that Drake put. $200,000 $200,000 on Chicago to win the cup or something stupid like that. Like, I I can't wait because it's going to happen. It is. I predict it. Because with those odds, like, it's not going to happen. Like, the funny thing is they have just as good of a chance as Arizona or the Flyers or whatever. Less than the Flyers, obviously. Like, but the, the fact that they got Connor Bedard, there's going to be people who are going to be like, ooh, <laughs> they just might. They it's won't. Such a terrible but I, there's... <laughs> It is absolutely horrendous, but imagine. I'm just I'm not talking about what will happen. I'm I'm talking about like just the fact that people will bet on that. There is going to be people who will put obscene amounts of money on that. Like Cause they, they should be just as bad as Arizona, Anaheim. They should be at twenty five thousand too for odds. There's no reason. The only reason they still they have that like five thousand less is Connor Bedard. Yeah. Like they are just as bad as the rest of those teams, if not worse. There, I've heard people saying that they don't think Arizona will be as bad this year. Like I think that Arizona probably should be in front the of Ducks. The Ducks could be better too. Ducks, true. Ducks too. That's a very good point. Yeah. Like there are teams here that like should be above Chicago, but the only reason they're not is because of a very special boy who got drafted first overall, who's going to take over the league in his first year because every rookie does that, right? Like. <laughs> this, is, this is how odds draw you in. There's discrepancies based on know. people overvaluing things, and then you look at it. Yep. And I mean, oh, hey, it's not that bad hey. of a deal. Hey, I'd put five bucks on it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I won't. But I. I would. <laughs> if I was a betting man, <laughs> I would put like five bucks on that. And you know, if when when that cold day in hell shows up, I'll be a very happy man. But, I mean, past that, yeah. Like, the rest of this, eh. Yeah, there's not much left to talk about there. I just wanted to touch on Chicago because I, I think that's an interesting thing. I'm curious how that's going to turn out. I hope some people are dumb enough to put some money on Chicago. Oh, they will be. It's betting. Everybody is dumb. True. That's fair. Unless you watch the Trick Play podcast, then you're a smart better. Everybody else <laughs> sucks, yeah. 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 
Uh, as we reach the doldrums of the NHL offseason, news and rumors kind of dying down, as it is with pretty much every sport at this point, um, we'll look into some players in hockey who get a little bit less love, a little bit less appreciation, but the game wouldn't be as fun without them. That is, of course, our enforcers. We're looking at um, a few guys like Ryan Reeves, like our Tom Wilsons, the guys who aren't afraid to drop the gloves and get into it. Um, the Hockey News recently put out a list about their top five fighters um, in the yeah. league. Given some, I think we should break this down well. player by player as well. Okay, we should so break this down player by player. I don't know if I you want to start that. with. That'll uh, be fun. I don't know if you want to start with the honorable mentions, Simon. Break break we those down. We've got a few. Yeah, yeah, we got a uh, Tanner Genot. I'm not sure if I said that name right. I I don't know how to say his last name to be fair. But and then Matthew Oliver. Oliver? Uh, okay, these are names I'm not recognizing. Darnell Nurse. It could be Olivier, like Olivier. It could be like a, Olivier? a French last yeah. name, which is Olivier. That's what, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's the one reason. Those are two last names that I'm not too sure on. I've only read those. So if I said those wrong, boo-hoo, cry me a river. But um, uh, anyway, I don't think I – knowing who is who the number five big boy is, I don't think I have an issue with any of those. I think all of those guys would probably get their – shit slapped by uh, number five, number four, number three, or number two, or number one. So I think I think that's pretty fair. I don't think that's a controversial... Any of those guys are controversial. They probably fall right outside of the... Right outside of the top ten. Or right outside of the top five, sorry. I don't know about you. I don't disagree with any of those. <laughs> um, the honorable mentions? Uh, nurse, no. is, nurse is interesting. He does... Like, he gets in more fights than you'd think, I think. That's that's the one that's like yeah nurse that's an oh, interesting that's an nurse interesting can, one nurse can kill nurse can kill nurse can yeah he can swing but like uh, compared to the guy who's number five mm. okay <laughs> I actually have an opinion on this. I, I, I know I know I who disagree. I'd be betting on <laughs> I will disagree with you heavily Simon for number five I think really I want to hear your opinion just on like okay well we can move on number five Milan Lucic. He did not fight very much with the Flames. Yes. That is the one thing. He did not get in many fights. But I think part of that is the fear. <laughs> because I think uh, a lot of people are very scared of Lucic, and they probably should be, because that dude can throw haymakers. I actually, when I first uh, read the headline for this, before I even clicked on it, my, I thought Lucic would be higher. He does not fight as much as necessarily the guy named above him. But I think having him, he is he needs to be on this list even though he doesn't fight as much. He needs to be. He is a mainstay in the enforcers of the league, the power forwards of the league of like the last decade. When you think of a guy who is terrifying, he is the boogeyman. He is the guy who you are, you have nightmares about playing before. You think of Lucic. You think of a guy like Lucic. You think of a lot of names on here, but I think Lucic has to be on here. Like I know, I, I think I know where you're going to take it and why you wanted me to open this with this, because I think I know where you're going to take it, so I'll let you talk about all that. But I definitely think that you cannot make the argument to me that Lucic does not deserve to be on this list. I don't think he does. Okay, this is, again, my argument is basically what you brought up. The fact that he doesn't fight a lot with the Flames. But I think you have to put that in perspective in terms of just how little he fought. Um, because he is the Flames. Did you pull up how many fights the, he was in? Yes. 
He was only in three this entire last season. Let me name you some players with either the same or more <laughs> amount of fights as Milan Lucic. <laughs> Matthew Kachuk got in the same amount of fights. TJ Oshie, same amount of fights. I believe that. Um, Jujar Kara on the Oilers, same amount of fights. Erica Branson, same amount of fights. Um, we're going up the list. We're going to players with more. JT Miller fought more, who we don't think is too much of a fighter. Nick Felino fought more. Um, Connor Mackey fought more. The thing is... It's like we're we're going yeah. we're we're continuing to go up. We we got Jacob Truba fought more. Jamie Alexiak, Yanni Gord fought more. Like I, I'm getting up the list and I'm thinking. Yeah, but but okay, okay, okay. But out of all of those names, would you actually, if in a fight, in a fight, would you pick any of those names to beat Lucic in a fight? I wouldn't, but I just don't think. Okay. Exactly. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think you deserve a spot on this list if you never utilize that talent. Like, um, and, 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 and the Dome podcast has made this point. Part of the re- reason why Lucic is so disappointing, um, because we can joke about it all you want, but like he was, he, he's so disappointing. And part of the reason is he's never living up to that enforcer status. Like he's never actually dropping the gloves to protect. Um, the home player but the like, difference is you're we're not talking about we're not talking about the best enforcers we're talking about the best fighters so the guys who win fights that's the way i'm looking at it so i'm thinking of quality over quantity here when lucic fights he kicks ass and that's why he deserves to be on this list there are, people don't want to fight him like the biggest like he's the funny also, thing he's is like i feel fights, like though he's i've seen him duck fights <laughs> like Man, it's not just that everybody's scared of him. He's also, I feel like he's just scared that he's not um, what he used to be. Like, I don't know. Um, oh, and, sure. and a lot of these guys yeah. that he's I fighting just, in this season. I feel like the. A lot of these guys he's fighting in the season no, are, are in wrong. this top five. Like, it, it's other people picking yeah. fights with him, too. Out of the three. Yeah. That. Um, out of the three that he fought this year. Hmm. Um, two of them are in the top five of this list. It's like, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Well, that's it's, the it's thing. The like there, but he's not. I, I need to see more. I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. But I just think, I, and trust me, I do, I do agree with you. He should be fighting more. That's not the argument I'm making. I'm just making the argument for, I'm playing devil's advocate here a little bit. I totally just think like, on the stand, on the standard of just like best fighters, of like if we're ranking this not on who fights the most, not who's uh, we're talking about boogeymen. We're talking about guys that if I have to drop the gloves, I do not want to be across from that guy, no matter how much he fights, right? Because you got to think of like, like uh, I put like back when Chara was in the league, Chara was in like next to no fights, and do you want to know why? Because he was six foot nine. Nobody wanted to touch him. <laughs> like it's. It's that type of thing where, like, I, I'm i looking at it like that. I'm looking at it as guys who, like, you do not want to square off against. And I think Lucic perfectly fits that. I think giving him the five, even just, like, as a ceremonial kind of thing, I feel like feels right. Because he is, he can swing. He can take people's heads off. Like, uh, so I have no issue with it, personally. I, like, I, even though I agree with, like, everything you're saying... He should fight more. He should be more of an enforcer. He needs to be if he he needs to go back to doing what he used to to truly fit fit it like well. But he still deserves to be here because obviously the players voted him there for a reason, right? Nobody wants to fight him, right? Like 
So I don't know. I have no issue with them at five, but we should probably move on to four because I feel like we'll just sit here talking about Luch for like the next Yeah, time. I just want to bring up one more thing. Like, I, he's had a lot more seasons with the Bruins, obviously. Um, but he fought he fought 55 times with the Bruins and only 18 for his time in Calgary. That's where my issue is. And I know, like, you acknowledge the point, and I, and I get where you're coming from, too. Like, you wouldn't want to take him on in a fight. I just don't think it's fair to other people who are fighting more to put him ahead just because, like, he's fighting quality at over quantity as about a league average rate. Yeah, but if you're not, but it goes different... this, Caleb. You're not gonna, you're not gonna understand this reference at all. But I will bring it up anyway. It's this, it's the MMA argument of uh, the in the UFC, the guy who has the most wins is uh, all of a sudden I'm blanking on his name. But he has never won a championship. I don't know if he's ever won to beat a top five fighter. But he has just been a mainstay in the UFC because he'll win a fight, lose a fight, win a couple, lose. Like, he'll never win enough to make it to the top, but he'll constantly beat people, beat people, beat people. And he's been along for so long that he just has the record for the most wins. But is he a Hall of Famer? No. Probably not. Like, that is an argument that has been, like, a big conversation in MMA in the last couple of months since he had his last win and got the record. Is he a Hall of Famer just because he has the record for most wins? Or is the fact that it's quantity over quality a little bit harder to really make that argument? And I think I I kind of am just bringing that like fighting logic into this, where like I'm looking at it as quality over quantity. I I keep saying that, but I'm gonna keep saying it because I think it's important. I think that Luchich. I'm curious what his record is in fights. Do people keep record? Like how many? Did okay, he yeah. lose any of the fights? Any of the three fights? Okay. To be fair, I am no. Um. So. I'm looking at a, at a, at a site like that's what I mean. Com. This this does go for you. Yeah. So, um, in its three fights, yeah. they have a, again take this with a grain of salt because it is a fan vote, but or the don't. fans will determine who wins the fight. Uh, his three fights: first one, Curtis McDermott, he had 97 percent of the vote. Uh, Matthew Olivier, <laughs> uh, he had 92 percent of the vote, and Ian Cole, he had. 89% of the vote. He's yeah. He is winning. That's what fights. I mean. That's what I mean. Like, there's a reason nobody wants to fight him. Because he wins. He wins. It's the same reason why uh, he is He is what in MMA we call the gatekeeper. The guy who keeps everybody out of the top five, isn't quite good enough to win the championship, but nobody beside the champion can beat him. That is what Lucic is. Nobody, and he, they don't fight a lot, because the funny thing is, when you are given an option between fighting the gatekeeper or fighting a guy who is newer to the top five or maybe just whatever, what have you, you're not going to choose the gatekeeper. You're going to choose the easier fight, right? That's the way that I look at it. I look at Lucic deserves to be here for that reason. This is, this is I, I thought we'd be over the list in 10 minutes. I'm actually happy we're having an actual conversation about this. This is fun. But... Yeah, no, I, I think Luch deserves to be there. Because I'm curious what his overall record in his career. I feel like I'll look into that after the podcast because I'm now I'm just curious about it. But I was um, I was looking pretty far down I, and it was it was hard to find a loss. Um you get yeah. about five fights <laughs> in until you get to his first loss against Curtis McDermott, who is in this top five once by above in the food. And who is number four. That. Um yeah. 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 Like uh I'll literally just read what it says here because I feel like this article will probably do a better service to him than I will. But entering his third season with the Abs, McDermott is a veteran fighter who ranked as high as third in balloting here. His dance card was more about quality over quantity. That's my big thing. 
with opponents such as Patrick Maroon and two tilts with Luch. That's the thing. That's the thing that's really important to me. I think, like I said, quality over quantity. As long as that's there, I'm good. I have no issue with it. I think that he deserves to be on this list. I think he deserves to be four. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And again, like I, I, this is where I can see your argument more. Like I, Curtis McDermott feels right on this list. He does have the same amount of fights as as Lucic. I think it's more of my Flames fan like frustration over the fact that Lucic wasn't as I much know. of an enforcer. No, I'm trust me. I that's I'm looking at it. To be fair, I think the only reason that me and you have differing opinions is because I come with the perspective of somebody who watches MMA and boxing, where like I can look at it more as just the fight instead of the outside what have you right like I, i'm taking the hockey out of it i'm looking at it as just fighting right which i think kind of allows me to kind of the perspective is a little bit easier to kind of see it which is why it's easy for me to see luch there because it's just like yeah makes sense who would want to touch him like uh and mcdermott falls into the same thing he he kicks ass he fights he wins yeah, he and he does, and he does like he does he does do it more than um, than Luch. I like five this season versus three for Luch. Um, but yeah, like I, I I do I do get your argument. Um, for me, McDermott, like I I think he, he's in the right place. Um, just as a Flames fan, it, this doesn't surprise me. Looking at teams fought against, the Flames are his second most with four. <laughs> a couple of those are against Luch. Yeah. Um, that's why as a Flames fan, like when I see him in the lineup, I am. I just like, think, I just think, uh, I think part of it for Luch as well, though, and I've kind of had this opinion for a while. I think Luch, it's not necessarily that he's scared. I think he just doesn't like to fight people that he thinks would be too easy. I think there's a little bit mm. of that. Luch, I think he has a bit of an ego to him. You know what I mean? Like I think, I, I think if that. he's looking across and a guy wants to, if a, and a guy wants to fight him, and Luch is like, I will take you down in two fights. He's not dropping his gloves. I right, honestly, like, honestly, I think Simon, that's part of it. Because, like, look at look at who he wants to fight. Look at who he's fought. The stats back it up. I the mean, stats back it up. I was just gonna say yeah. it's McDer- Um, we're gonna go through this list, and it's gonna be people we've already said: McDermott, Olivier, who is yeah. an honorable mention; Ian Cole, um, yeah. Mark Barecki, who is also a fighter. Could be uh, Ian Cole. G- Ian Cole could be up there. Giovanni like, Smith. He, who, he's also good. Giovanni guys. Smith shows up a lot on these <laughs> lists. Um, McDermott again. Delorier, who I think is in the top five. Like all of these guys, yep, Delorier twice, Giovanni Smith again. The there stats you back you. Like up. I think Luch, what Luch picks his fights, and he's and he's not picking easy fights. Yeah. Right. Like that's the one thing I think. To that point, that's why Luch deserves to be there. It's because it's like I said, quality over quantity. I will keep hammering that because I think that's so important when you're looking at something like fighting, especially in a sport like hockey. I am going to, if you are telling me about matching up two guys, because that's the way I'm looking at it. Like, I'm looking at it, honestly, the only reason that McDermott, like, because I, I could be wrong here, but I think last season Luch beat McDermott twice, right? So mm-hmm. so a little bit it of was, that, it was, a little bit of was, that uh, makes It was one and one. It was one and one. Was it? Oh, okay, uh, never mind. It was, well. Forget what I was even going to say. Luch, I'm okay with him being in four. But, like. That's the only reason that part of me was like, I thought I thought Luch won both. So a little bit of me was like, ah, you can move Luch up there. <laughs> but no. we, we should move on. We should we should we should go through these. I'll let you read the next guy's name. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Habs fans like to call this guy Wi-Fi because uh, his name looks like a Wi-Fi <laughs> password. Um, Arbor Zekar. Yep. Um, <laughs> 
So Arbor Zekaj, yeah. I um, actually didn't know how to say his name. New so to, I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, new to the league. Um, Sounds right. Uh, again, I'm, I'm looking at these these fight stats. It's a little bit more of again what you were saying with Luch picking his opponents. Um, I'm not upset about it because again, this is his first season. It makes sense why he wouldn't be fighting yeah. the top dogs, but he still does. Um, I'm still seeing names like Zach Cassian, Olivier, he... Delorier. Yeah, that's I was I was about to say Cassian because I do remember that fight. And yeah, yeah like he's winning a lot of these. Um, I've, I have not clicked on any of these voting results where it seems like he's lost the fight yet. Um, and he has the quantity too. He has nine. So three might seem high for a player in his first year. Um, but he's putting up this, the stats to prove it. It's the, it's the kind of thing like until he's, oh, yeah. until he's beaten, I, I haven't <laughs> seen one yet. Oh, here's one. Delorier. Yeah. Delorier beat him up pretty good, but. But yeah, other no, than I that, think I do he, he, that he has well. he has a <laughs> yeah. pretty sterling. And record. we can that's a good that's yeah that's a good transition as well if we want to move into Delorier because he's number two. So. And Delorier is is but, quantity. Uh, he's quantity. Yeah, he's he, quantity. He's quantity. Yeah, for sure. Because he, I mean, he also is quality. Yeah, he, again, he's winning fights, but he's also driving. The he's winning fights, but he's taking fights. Yeah, he's winning fights and taking fights. And where else would he be playing but Philly? <laughs> where <laughs> damn right i think uh he definitely could be number one on this list if it wasn't for one person who is a very unsurprising number one but um i think yeah no quality he he you mentioned that he he has quant he's more quantity which is definitely true he had the most fights this season but he also says quality so yeah. and he beat the number three guy He's still beating so. up on players who, um, oh yeah, who like Tanner Tanner Janot. So I, oh Ryan Reeves versus Delorier fight. So not to spoil the number Ooh. one, but uh, this would be an interesting. Yeah, not to, to watch. oh big spoiler. <laughs> uh, not to spoil Star Wars, but did you know that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker? Whoa, <laughs> I know. That and Ryan Reeves is number one on this list. Those are like the two biggest spoilers ever. I think. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I feel like it's interchangeable. One or two, you can. I, I don't care. You can put one or two. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah, no. Ryan Reeves number one makes sense. Move on. Yep. Um, watching this fight right. One now. thing I did. One thing I did appreciate is that the fact that Tom Wilson is on here because I had a funny feeling when I first clicked it that Tom Wilson would be on here, but he loses fights, so I don't have an issue with that. He's more of an instigator than he is a fighter. Yeah. This Ryan Reeves. So it's yet. the same reason why I. W- yeah, it's the same reason why I'm happy, like, Kachuk isn't on there. I, I didn't think Kachuk would be, but it's the same argument, right? Like, no. It's, there's a difference between a fighter and an instigator. Yeah, I, I do think Kachuk is more of an instigator, too. Um, <coughs> yeah, this, this, for sure. If you, guys, if, if you guys are more interested in this subject, um, this Ryan Reeves-Delorier fight, January 26, 2023, between the number one and number two on the list, very even, Ooh. very even. Um, nobody gets taken down oh, I'm sure. very back and forth. Um, oh yeah. The voting results are are uh, pretty split. Um, Reeves got fifty percent. Delorier got ten, but also forty percent of people thought it was a draw, which I think yeah, is fair. No, I'm not shocked. Um, yeah. Can we? Can I end this? Can I end this off by giving my favorite hockey fight ever? I think. Mm, yeah. Which is it's a very biased pick. It's a very. I think biased I know pick. what you're gonna say. And the funny thing. The funny thing is, it's against the Flames. It's in Aginla's last year. 
he was playing on the LA Kings and he fought England. Mm, yeah. Derek England. Such a good fight. <laughs> that is probably my favorite hockey fight ever, I think. Yeah. I'm I think uh, I you could throw like a couple goalie fights in there just for the novelty, but I think the one that I'll occasionally when I'm bored, I've gone back and watched that fight. That's a good one. If you haven't watched that fight, I'm not even talking about the Flames bias. I'm saying the Flames bias is there because it's probably the only reason I've seen it. Because obviously it's between Derek Englund, who in his prime, he was a pretty damn good fighter. And Iggy, who was in his prime, a very good fighter back then. But obviously in his last season, he had hardly fought back then. Like at near the end of his career, he hardly fought. I think that was his last career fight. It was indeed, I his, could last, be wrong it that, was I indeed it was. his last career fight. I can't I, I don't even know. I, I think it was a very even fight from what I remember. I'm, watch, I need to go I'm back watching it right now. It, it is very even. It is a hell of a fight. It is it is very it is a, much it is a fun fight a to Ginla, watch. like he hold it's it's crazy how much he's it's holding vintage Aginla. He is Oh crazy. yeah. That's that's the crazy thing it is vintage Aginla. Aginla is just out staminaing him. So like yeah, I just finished watching that yeah, fight. Pretty much. Um England is trying to get punches in, but just because of how good yeah. um Aginla's position Iggy is Iggy was a hell of a fighter. Go watch you know what? Another one? Go watch Iggy versus uh Oh crap. Uh Jamie Ben. Yeah. Go watch that. That's another good one. Although Iggy kicks his ass, so that's maybe why I like it more. But you know, <laughs> again, yeah, that's another good one. But we can we can we can end it there. I just wanted to throw out those. I don't know if you have a favorite fight, but that's that's mine personally. Oh, fav- favorite I think there's. Oh. I think all mine would be again the fights, though. To be fair. Though, oh, so. who is that guy? That and uh, who is that guy on the Flames in like 2015, 2016? Who was an enforcer? Oh, freaking. Brian McGratton. Furland. Brian McGratton. Brian, Brian oh. oh, yeah. There's a couple of good McGratton ones. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Uh, McGratton was awesome. That, I, I don't know if I have a fight, but I just remember being at a game where he, like, I feel like he knocked someone out on the Oilers. Like, that was a pretty. Oh, I'm sure. That was a pretty good fight. That, and if we're just counting, if we're just counting, I think one of the craziest experiences I've ever had watching a hockey game was watching the Canucks Flames line brawl whenever that happened. That was one of the craziest scenes I think I've ever seen. Yeah, as a hockey fan, because like there was so much. I don't know if you had the pleasure of watching that live, Caleb, but I can say that that was one of the craziest things ever because it was all happening so quickly. Because like the, everybody was fighting on the ice. John Tortorella was like trying to jump into the Flames bench. <laughs> like it was nuts. <laughs> that was an awesome. And that's another thing. I'm. This is anybody watching this. You have homework. Go watch the two Aginla fights. Aginla versus England and Aginla versus Ben. Go watch the Canucks uh, Flames line brawl, although I feel like that's a more popular one. Although I know a lot of people have seen the Jamie Ben Aginla fight too. That's a really that's a that's a common favorite fight, I think, even outside of Flames fans. Because that's a really good one. But um Derek England versus Aginla is my uh cult favorite pick that I feel like not a lot of people would have known about. So go watch that one. Yeah. That's a good one. Also but, also but, uh, yeah, we can end it there. Yeah, also rewatch the Battle of Alberta goalie fight because, like, that's such a chalky pick for very um, true for favorite, but yeah. like, <laughs> it, it, it's it's there for a reason. Um, it's amazing. So yep. watch it. <laughs> it's a good fight. Yeah, Mike Smith kicks his ass, but it's still good. <laughs> yeah, but it's. Still- I mean, I think Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot knew what was going to happen when he skated up. <laughs> All respect to Cam Talbot for trying. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, no. I think I think we, everybody knew it was going to happen there. Mike Smith is kind of just that guy when it comes to goalie fights. Has Mike Smith gotten in? Any, He's has definitely. He, has he gotten in any other fights? Is has he gotten in any other fights? He must have. Oh, guess okay. That's right. That, this is previously your, in his career. This is your question: How many fights 
Um, oh, okay, that's kind of lame. Um, how many fights do you think he's gotten in? It's not many, but he's been in a couple. Yeah, so he's been My in... My guess would probably be, like, three or four. Yeah, he's been in... So, if you count his whole career, including, like, AHL, um, then it's four. He's had two in the NHL. Yeah, okay. That's that's what I figured. Yeah, because with the goalie... With goalies, they just don't fight as much. But I know Mike Smith was... When it comes to goalie fights, he's generally... He generally does pretty well for himself, so... The, the fact that, uh... Another one is, uh, Hextall... And yes. uh, Vernon, he used to be, he fought a couple times. He fought Bruder. It's mm. a good one. Bro, ooh, I did not know that. That might be part of my homework. What That's that? one that I, those, we could, we could talk about like favorite hockey fights forever. I feel like I, I could probably just like name drop like a crap ton. Aginla and uh, Le, Le Cavalier. Yeah. That Stanley Cup I, Finals 2004. That's what I thought you were going to say. When you said your favorite fight. Yeah, that's what I figured you thought I was going to say, yeah. But no, my favorite one just for the... And of course there is the... Because again, is my favorite player of all time. I have a, I have a bobblehead of him, which is absolutely sick and I love it. I'll even show it. Or not a bobblehead. It's like a... I don't know what these things are called. What are they called? Uh, Funko Pop. I have Funko an Aginla Funko Pop. It's very cool. I'm showing up my... my I am an adult with action figures. As we all should I'm very, be. I'm, and I'm very proud of it. As we all should be, damn straight. Anyway, we can move on. I've, I've been saying that for five minutes. We should do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for watching the Trick Play podcast. If you enjoyed what you saw, watched, heard today, uh, make sure to check us out on all platforms. We got stuff on YouTube. I think we're now up on Apple Podcasts. So if you were looking for us on Apple Podcasts and couldn't find us before, Good news, Simon. That's because Simon's lazy. Simon, Simon <laughs> was lazy, but he is not anymore, and put it up. So yeah. all those Apple Damn podcast right. homies uh, can go look over there. Uh, we so got you. Still got it on Spotify. <laughs> uh, still got an Instagram. Still got a TikTok. Um, so follow us everywhere if you can. That would be much. We can. We can now officially say I think that we are everywhere. We, we are, are absolutely everywhere. everywhere. We, we have a Twitter as well. I don't know if we. I don't know if I've announced we do that have on a, the actual podcast. Oh, we do have a. Twitter. We do have a Twitter. We do have a Twitter. Yeah, we have a Twitter now. So yeah, we have pretty we, much everything. We are so like, pretty much. You look us up, you'll find it. Pretty much everywhere. I mean, if you ask to find us on like title, then we're gonna say no. Yeah, like don't don't check MySpace. You, well, maybe we'll see how I feel. Trick playing <laughs> MySpace account. Um, coming up soon. Coming, coming, to, coming soon. Okay, yeah, I'll, damn right. you know what? Speaking of, of social media, okay, I, I'll give my one. Uh, I like I like ending it out with a shout shout out. I'm gonna do an anti shout out um, to end it off. We're talking. We're saying we have a Twitter. We don't have a Twitter. We have an X account. Um, why? Why was Twitter renamed? To X? that is the dumbest decision in the history oh. of branding. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't understand it. Can I? So, I'll I'll read one second. If you can give me a second, I'll go back to the tweet that I said because I was proud of this tweet. So I'm gonna read it out loud. So um, I I don't tweet very often on my own personal account because I don't I like scrolling through Twitter, but I don't tweet very often to promote one of our podcast episodes. Right when it got switched to X, what I said was. I figure I should be tweeting on here more, so I'll start by just by saying there's a new episode of Trick Play out now, and that I like Twitter more when it wasn't named after the place that pirates bury treasure. Yep. And <laughs> I think that that's something that I stand by. I think that it should still be Twitter. That is very stupid. I agree with you. I've actually, I can fully say, I have stopped using Twitter as much because I don't like the logo. I'm, it's not as fun to click on anymore. 
I like clicking yeah. on the bird. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and like, Twitter was such a big thing that tweeting is a verb. We still say people are tweeting yeah. things. What are you gonna say? We're xing. What did I? What did I just call it? Yeah. What did I just call it when I pulled up my tweet? You said tweet. It's a tweet. <laughs> it's a tweet. It's not yeah. an x. So. To end off the podcast, Elon Musk, do better. You just backed out of your fight with Zuckerberg, and now you're changing the name of the platform you bought for like an infinity. That's that's even more dollars. disappointing than the fact that he changed the name. I wanted to see Zuck versus Elon. That would have been such a fun fight. That I would have absolutely ate that up. And now Elon is I, like, backing out because he's too ashamed of his stupid bird app failing. Hey, Not even bird app. I will say it. I will say it. Look me in the eyes. I will say it right now. This is a promise. If that fight somehow still happens, somehow, I will do a full 30-minute breakdown of the entire fight. I will do it. It'll be the worst boxing you have ever seen in your life. It'll be terrible everything across the board. Terrible wrestling. Terrible boxing. And I will laugh it up the whole time, but I will love it. And I will do a full 30-minute breakdown of it. So, Elon, you know what? 